Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Remarkably Us, the podcast. I'm your host, Shelly Moon, sober gal living in Southern California, navigating the ins and outs of life. After what we'll call the great breakdown of 2019, I've been journeying through self-discovery, sobriety, trauma, divorce, relationships, all of the above. In this podcast, I'll have solo episodes where I talk about my life, the things I am dealing with, have dealt with, and all the tools I've collected in maintaining a consistent environment for self-growth, love, and discovery. We'll also hear from others who are breaking barriers and climbing incredibly tough mountains. Get ready to get inspired and motivated to laugh and to cry. Most importantly, to love a little. Let's jump right into it. Today, I'm sitting down again with my brother, Denton Roan, and picking apart his brain on the negative side effects of alcohol, specifically on your mind and body. His tips on cutting down for those that still drink and manageable things that you can do to increase your overall health. If you didn't listen to our last episode, Denton is a staff sergeant in the U.S. Army. His job is an M1 tank commander, and he is also a qualified airborne ranger and a company master fitness trainer. So we're taking all of the master fitness trainer parts of your brain and spewing it into this episode. First of all, how are you feeling today? Feeling fantastic. Are you really? How are you? are you feeling feeling coffee i got okay we were talking earlier uh i skipped my workout this morning and and so i don't feel super great about that but um you know it's good good. i'll crush it this afternoon i know how are you feeling today i'm amazing i skipped my workout this morning as well But I cleaned my whole apartment. (laughs) When I say my whole apartment, I mean like 600 square feet. So like, I mean, (laughs) I think that I did get a good, I mean, I'm sweating, you know. Still good. Okay, the three big things everyone, the three big things everyone always misses. Did you clean out the fridge? No. (laughs) Did you move the couches and vacuum? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I swept under the couch. And make sure. You... Okay, there you go. Because it's not carpet. It's, uh, it's that's that's your half or whatever. So I I took the broom and I swept under okay. the couch. But I mean, I did that's a feet. step in the right direction. Yeah, I did. A, I'm pretty proud of myself. I mean, I got up early. Oh, I'm... good. Yeah, I know. See, I've accomplished a lot. And I just, I wanted to hop on here and have time with you before the rest of my day. And I thought, you know what, I'll just, I'll get an extra good workout in tomorrow. So on those, on the line you know, of that. Taken like 27, 28 years for you to make. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, on you. Okay topic of all of this I want to start by you telling everyone obviously I know you for a little while um and I know that 
fitness, you like when we were younger, you know, when you were in high school and like first getting into the military, fitness wasn't nutrition, wasn't your, like your forte that didn't really start until I probably the last like decade. Um, so what got you into fitness and nutrition in the first place and how you've been doing it for like 10 years now, right? About 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. 20, 2011. Yeah. Is when I got certified in as a, as a personal trainer. It was my first certification. So I guess the steps. So like you said, we weren't really big into sports as kids. I was um, a runner. We, let me first, fitness was let always. Me tell, let me you tell were, everyone. You did, no, I ran track and cross country. So. And you were. Don't lie. <laughs> Pretty good at it. I'm, I'm a great runner. <laughs> what I mean is you have some kids that start working out hard. Yeah. You yeah. have some kids that start working out really hard in high school. And I guess a lot of the dudes playing football. I played like a year or two of football. And then, you know, stuff, camps when we were kids. But never really was into the fitness aspect. Um, it wasn't until really I joined the military. Again, weird. But I call, I call that the when I was 17 is really when I was born because a lot of things for me started in the military um, is when I kind of got into it. But so my first PT test that I ever took in the military, I actually failed. I was so I was out of shape. I was too skinny. I didn't pass the run and I didn't pass the setup. So it's not like I went into the military in great shape. And then I gained like 10 pounds in basic training, which a lot of people usually lose weight, gain like 10 pounds. Came back. I felt good. And I got a positive response from friends and from people on how I looked like I had a little tiny bit of muscle and I still wasn't huge but I like that so I kind of started working out honestly started working out hard for girls now I'd be like if I was, I was like, I like the feeling <laughs> that you know girls would be like oh you got abs I like that feeling you know right. um but then I kept working out we me and you are blessed genetically um and so I, I you know I, I was working out not as hard as I had, you know, I didn't even know the meaning of really hard workouts since I was much later in life, but um, I started working out and I started crushing PT tests. And then in the military, I was getting like the top PT score in my unit. And then I became kind of known as the fitness guy because people had kind of like to correlate being in shape to knowing a lot about fitness, which I, I knew literally nothing about about fitness at that time but I looked like I did so people started coming up to me and asking for tips and when we when I was actually overseas I was I was put in charge of um kind of gentrifying our fitness program and and put in charge of some of the PT failures as a private and I used that and so that was kind of the start I said I, I think I like this fitness thing I like working with people. I like, you know, teaching people and me and you are a lot the same. If I didn't know something, I would Google and study and look it up and read and then pretend like I, it was a subject matter expert on it. So then overseas, um, I actually ordered all the books and stuff like that to get my personal trainer certification. And so I would, you know, I studied for like six months and then whenever, whenever internet was good or possible, I could get online and take the quizzes. Then I would just go online through the International Sports Science Association, take the quizzes. And then by the time I came back, I had my personal trainer certification. So that's kind of what leapt it in. Um, and then I started kind of started working with a few clients when I got back, but it was Bozeman, Montana, which has a very rich fitness culture. 
and the water was just saturated. The, the, the market, there's a million personal trainers and it was, I didn't have really the sales background or the experience to really, really get it. So that's, so I, I diverted my career from being fitness to, you know, got a big boy job as I called it. And that, but in the military still offered up um, fitness advice. And then it was, I was always the unit fitness trainer, but it wasn't until like four, three years ago that I actually went to the master army's master fitness trainer school. By then it was an easy school for me because I had been in the fitness industry, just doing my own research. And I had four certifications in through, you know, on, on the civilian side by the, so, you know, the army's master fitness training school, I still learned a little bit, but what it, it, I just not then had the title of an army master fitness trainer. But like you said, I've been in the fitness industry and I say, I call in the fitness industry actively engaged in a, in a teaching type role in fitness for about 10 years now. Right. So, oh yeah. And then, um, a few years ago, I was working construction. I was doing really good. It was like, like 31 bucks an hour, full health care. It was really good, but I hated what I did. I love fitness. I love teaching people fitness. I love working with clients, that person, that one-on-one. Um, and so I actually quit my job at this construction company to do that full-time. And I did that full-time for about two years here in uh, Lolo, Montana, um, where I kind of helped co-run slash head trained. There's a lead trainer at the gym here then COVID hit and right the rest is kind of yeah. took a, a, a little back burner on the nutrition but I know that I have always when what? I think for me I was definitely active yeah. in high school because I ran track and cross country but then I went to college and <laughs> I just like drank beer and eat and ate little Caesars pizza. And so then I remember it was yep. like, like right before I was going to move to California, I had this image of what California women look like. And it's, I mean, it's very similar to what it actually is. I mean, people in Southern California definitely pride themselves on the way that they look and not necessarily, I don't feel like it's as vain as it is in like LA or, you know, places like LA or Miami, but it's very health conscious and active. Like you just, it, people thrive here that just really pay attention to making sure that they're exercising and eating well. So when, before I moved here, I remember getting together with you and I was like, I have to look (laughs) amazing before I moved to California. (laughs) And so I obsessively worked out for like six months, lost a ton of weight, popped like fat burners like 80 times a day which I don't recommend I didn't sleep for like six months and I look fantastic (laughs) so for me and I think for both of us it's difficult to (laughs) ease into something like we're very all or nothing so my journey now and right is like where 
how do I now find balance in fitness and nutrition that's maintainable and not necessarily like I eat a thousand calories a day and I'm running 11 miles, you know, in the morning, because I can do that for a couple of months easy, but then I'll crash and like, I can't move for a month, you know? So that definitely trying to learn that, you know, making sure that I'm not obsessive about what I eat. Um, And then when I got sober, I don't know if you knew this, (laughs) but I, I, there's a lot of things I'm still finding out. Right. (laughs) I started my sobriety journey in January (laughs) of 2019. And obviously I feel so much better without drugs and alcohol in my system. So before we get into kind of the balance of it, um, I want to talk about, I want you to give an explanation Obviously, I know because of how, and everyone knows if you've ever had a hangover or like the shakes, the following days after drinking, that head fog, you're not able to concentrate. I mean, I would lose entire days being hungover. So we all know like what alcohol, you know, can do and that it's a toxin, but I'm interested to hear what it does to your body on uh, like from the level of, you know, a, a nutrition specialist, someone that studied it. Yeah. So, and this actually, um, when we we're talking much earlier, a lot of people that's, they, they have that question. It's a crazy question and it's, and it's not one thing. And that's the, that's the crazy. It's just like any bad substance you put in your body. It's, it's, it's not necessarily that substance it's how your body is reacting and how all these different parts of your body are reacting. So easiest to start with is, well, what, how, what does alcohol do, right? Alcohol, if you think of alcohol, it's ethanol. That's, that is the part of alcohol that it actually gets, you know, to your brain, has you feel drunk, all that stuff. Um, And everything else is just fillers. So ethanol, right. Goes into your body. It sits in your stomach. uh, It gets absorbed, but your body turns, turns ethanol into um, one or two things. It's going to be um, acetal and like a super bad substance, acetaldehyde. And that causes, it's essentially poison. So acetaldehyde um, turns, uh, gets turned into acetyl, but acetaldehyde is, a, is an actual poison in your body. So um, hangovers themselves are caused by a lot of things the headaches they're now science hasn't necessarily caught up with what causes headaches and all that stuff right so everything i say we're about we're, everyone's about 90 percent sure we will never until we fully understand the human body you know but it's you know acetaldehyde they're attributing the headaches you get to too much of this essentially poison um going up into your bloodstream also right when so the next morning, what are the big things you get? You get headaches. That's that uh, seldehyde, acetaldehyde. Um, the the icky, like the their stomach churning. That's so many different things. That's your body, your liver not producing glu- uh, glucose, which every cell in your body needs for energy. That's just go-to glucose is your body needs it. If you're hungover, you're not producing glucose. That's why you you don't have your low energy. You're, you get the body shakes and the tremors. The um, and then there's, so you're not producing glucose. Um, you're not peeing. 
peeing, so you're you're dehydrated. You're not peeing because there's uh, in your in your kidneys. I'm sorry. Yep, kidneys that you have this uh, ADH, this anti-diuretic hormone that your body. It's kind of the signal that your body uses to say uptake water, don't uptake water. Right, keeps your body's alcohol for whatever chemical reason tells you your body do not don't ignore that completely which means you're not actually intaking water so you can drink all when you're drinking drink all the water you want to you're all, you're absorbing a finite amount than you would um if you if you weren't drinking right um then there's there's uh there's uh, um glutamic activity that happens i mean there's essentially when you drink right your your hormones are getting thrown out of whack and every system that your body uses to regulate itself is getting thrown out of whack right and the byproducts of that is that and you feel like crap the next day and that's just that's just on the physical part so um glucose regulation and and creation um, um the the acetyl acetylcholine acetyl i could anyway um the increase in that and then your brain right you get that depressive feeling and they say that alcohol is a depressant well, that's because it's it's significantly warping your nat your your brain's natural GABA and your in glutamate in your body. Those are essentially neurotransmitters in your brain. Um, think of think of GABA is your body's natural pause, right? A lot of people will take GABA at night as as a supplement because it relaxes you. What it's really doing is it's preventing a lot or too many. Uh, too much of, of overstimulation of neurotransmitters. So just rapidly firing and uptaking, right? So GABA kind of helps stop that. And then glutamate on, on the other end of that, glutamate's what promotes your body, your, your neurotransmission between um, cells and all in, and different systems in your body. So you are increasing that break when you drink. You're increasing the amount of GABA, which means you're your you know, neurotransmission um, re uh, reduction, and you're decreasing uh, this glutamate, which is the thing that tell essentially what you're doing is you're retarding your body. You're, you're, you're right. You are slowing the effectiveness of your brain down. And then just like a pendulum the next day, right? If you're not producing enough glutamate, uh, I'm sorry, if you're, if you're pretty, yeah, not producing enough glutamate one day, well, the next day your body's going to try to swing the other other way like a pendulum but it always overshoots and misses your body it's hard for your body to go back to zero so um so on top of essentially poisoning your body and then all the effects of that you're, you're also skewing the way your brain naturally works hence a headache or hence a hangover the next day right yeah i definitely i know that I have, I've always struggled with, and I've, and I'm an anxious person. I'm an anxious bitch. I am, have always re been really anxious and, and then struggling with in and outs of, in and out of depression just throughout the years. There's this like horrendous cycle of, with anxiety, with drinking, that's insane. So it's like, <laughs> You're feeling right. anxious, so you grab a drink because, right. right? 
then it slows everything down. Like your your brain's constantly like boom, 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 all over the place. Like like thinking of a million things. I'm anxious. I'm like, I just can't sit still. So I grab a drink and like, it's this right euphoric, like I'm calmed down. And so I start feeling better. Well, then the come down from that is the anxiety just, it like, it almost triples. It like amplifies completely amplifies so then you wake up the next day feeling more anxious so i would like i um obsessively plan things also didn't know if you knew that um so i'm a planner right so i plan everything and right i would that would make me anxious because i'm I'm trying to compensate for the lack of control by over controlling things. So I'm trying to control every little aspect of my life. And then that gets too much because I'm a fucking psychopath. (laughs) So then that gets too much. And so then I, and then I'm like, I gotta, I need, I need a fucking break. So then I would have a drink and then feel better. But then the next day I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I felt so out of control. I had no control over my thoughts, my feelings. So then I would over, over, over control. So then I'm like triple trying to control this, like, and it would just be this vicious, vicious cycle that I just like was, the more I did that, the more the deeper of a you know hole I dug myself in because it, I mean at a certain point right my it, like you said it it enable do you say it it doesn't enable your neurons to fire properly alcohol neurotransmitters yeah yeah so I yeah. reached a certain Essentially, point exactly yeah where mine were already not. <laughs> My fucking neurotransmitters well, are describing whacked out, and then I had ye- a decade oh, wow, of wow. drinking on top. Yep, overconsumption. So you just described actually why people like alcoholism. It can even be a thing. So essentially, just a, 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 a there in the very beginning, you're kind of chasing that. Like you said, when you get anxious, you're chasing that spot right there in the middle where you've drank just enough to where your brain almost slows down. Right. right? Um, you're using alcohol to do that. There's a million better things, as you know, to do that, but um, better, better coping mechanisms. But you're chasing that. And then, but then you dig yourself deep enough in a hole where you're actually just trying to like define regulation because you're you're essentially waking up and living your homeostasis is hungover so now it takes that much more um alcohol or whatever to just just become kind of normal again and your body forgets that that middle ground where you're just you're sober and everything's firing correctly either your your hormones and your neurotransmitters and all these things are way out of whack and you're trying to um regulate it or um um, or you're drunk. So it's, it's, and you think, you know, you're yeah, anyway. Um, and that's why overconsumption and it, and it depends on the person. A lot of people actually with high anxiety, ADHD, depression, nat- natural depression, um, a lot of those people, that's clear, 
that's a very good indicator whether you're going to become an alcoholic or not, because your system's already a little tiny bit out of whack, and you're trying to find things. And alcohol, let's say, um, temporarily will help that. Well, what you're really doing is you're digging yourself down into a, into a hole where then you need alcohol to not find even normalcy, to, to just just control you know dopamine and and just those basic feel good hormones in your brain forgetting what it even felt like to be sober and normal and and because you can reach that euphoric state in other ways outside of alcohol but there's a chemical need then when you're over consuming really anything you can be a, i'd get addicted to anything and there's addictive right. personalities that are associated with different things and me and you oh man so um and that, that's what you person. see more so than i mean it's just so you you wake up hung over yeah yeah this person, this, what? this this individual that I spend some time with sometimes um, asked me. We were watching All American, and and there was I've never watched this show in my life, so it was just kind of on, like just on the TV, and and it was at a part where the couple episodes that were on were one of the daughters who was probably early college years. So, you know, maybe not even 21 yet right. was struggling. Yeah. You know, right. she had just hit one year sober. It, they showed her getting her like, um, you know, her AA, you know, the little coin. And then it kind of was giving a flashback to like her last heavy drinking point. Someone found her in, um, you know, passed out and had to kind of revive her. And this person turned to me <laughs> and he goes, was that you? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, oh, I mean, no. yeah. and I'm like, yeah, you know what? If it wasn't true, I would be so upset right, right I'd now. I'd be mad about it right now. Yeah. He, he's like, that must suck. And I, and, yeah. and I, and the way that he said it was like, he said, like, you have it. Like, do you have an addictive personality? I'm like, I can get addicted to the fucking clouds. Like, if I looked at the clouds <laughs> for too long, my ass would be out there for fucking 10 hours a day staring at the clouds. Oh, and I have yeah. to go to fucking cloud rehab. Like, I will literally get it because I'm so, I yep. also think me and you are also very obsessive about things. So yep. it's this, it's rituals, it's routines, it's habits, it's something. I'll read the same thing 70 times. Like I'll just, it's these weird little obsessive, right. you know, behaviors that we have. And then also having, you know, an addictive personality. I'm like, it's the fucking worst. But yep. now... You know, I know yeah. that it's just like we were talking about earlier. It's just, it's just at this point, it's managing. Like, how do I manage it? Because <laughs> it's not going away. Well, and that's no. And it's it, that's. It, that's exactly right. And that's for a lot of people. It is. It's like it's like, you know, people. Are, well, should I stop drinking? I'm like, well like your body can metabolize about 0.5 ounces of alcohol right. an hour without you getting drunk. If that's where it can actually, your body is meant, unless you're drinking straight up actual shit from underneath the sink, you're, if it 
if it's a natural source of anything, your body has ways to deal with that. Like it can break down um, um, the acetate or the ethanol to acetyl, acetyl cohydro. I can never, I can never say that to um, acetate. And then it turns acetate into water and carbon dioxide. Like it has mechanisms for it. It's the overconsumption that that's then, that's then the issue, right? And people, yeah. right, are creatures of habit. If you do something, if you live your life, let's say, and you're drinking every single day, anything over 0.5 ounces, let's say, uh, you know, per hour of alcohol, well, your body's going to try to figure out a way to adapt to that. If your hormones, if you're keeping your dopamine levels and your hormone levels here, well, that's just where that's, that's how much dopamine your body's going to put. That's why opioids is so, are such an issue. And and, and really anything that increases dopamine, any drugs, alcohol that increases dopamine is when you keep your body there, it, it, you know, I use alcohol to, to create that dopamine. What's it going to do over months and years? It's, that's, that's what it's going to, you're telling it, this is how I'm getting dopamine. Therefore, that's what it's going to rely on for dopamine. Mm. And when you don't have it, you crash and you live, it's like you're way down right. here. Your you're a creature of habit. Dope. And that's, that's why people, oh, I, I need alcohol. Yeah. So you reach a certain like, point no, you, no, you, yeah, where your body blood. thinks that yep. that's the only way it gets dopamine is from this one thing. So it will exactly. not produce it. I mean, not on, not on black and white, exactly. but primarily yeah. really produce it unless it gets this one thing. You know, that's there was exactly. a study done and I don't remember where I heard this or read it, but talking about addicts have a higher chance of relapse with something good or really, really joyful happening in their lives rather than something really, really traumatic or bad happening. Because the way that they, that um, these people were talking about it was kind of like, it, it sends off those feel good signals in your brain that you used to get with this certain drug or alcohol and so your brain's automatically yep. going to be like i remember where we also used to get this like these things this feeling equates to this yep. drug or this you know or alcohol so when i start to feel that overwhelming joy or happiness right. that's when my brain is going to say I remember how we also used to get this. <laughs> do we want to try That's that right. again? Yeah. And I'm like, no, right. I'm happy. I don't want to do this. Most of the time, people, it's not the actual substance itself that's causing, it, it, it becomes like meth and stuff like that. It's different. But alcohol, it's not necessarily the substance. It's the, the state of mind you are in associated with that substance. So addict walks into a bar. He's, they're going to remember, their brain isn't going to remember all the bad. They're, like you said, their brain's going to remember the good. And when you, when you lower that brain performance, like the dumber, you get the kind of like stupid things make you happy and your dopamine goes up. So your dopamine's not an all-time high, but very elevated. You know, it takes, it, it's, it, it's, when you're drunk, it's easy for really anything to make you feel really, really good. Or, or that's why jokes get funnier, the drunker you get kind of thing. Um, so you walk into that bar. And that's what your brain, and it goes, okay, you know, we, I want you to be as happy as we possibly can. So why don't we drink so that you can get to that, 
that place again to where you can be happy, you know, based on anything. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And it's all, it's really all just chemical signal at the end of the day. Yeah. So what would you say? So I know I talk a lot about, obviously I just do not drink anymore. Alcohol is just not a thing that, you know, um, that is a part of my life anymore, but there are people that I am friends with. I'm friends with plenty of people and I still have a lot of people in my life that all that still drink. Um, what would you say things that people can do if they're still drinking to de all these side effects that were like, it's poison. <laughs> like yeah. they're still going to drink, but maybe decrease those certain side effects a little bit more. You mentioned something about like 0.5, you know, ounces an hour, or are there types of alcohol that aren't as bad as others? Is like a glass of wine better than like a glass of straight vodka. <laughs> right. Um, so I, I kind of hear you. Yeah. So, there's a, and there's a misconjunction there too. Um, when I have people that, that, that clients all the time, well, I like to drink and I heard the red wine is good. And the other, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not going to tell you to stop drinking. Understand. I only say in point five, anything over 0.5 ounces, that's half of one shot or, you know, let's say an right. hour, nobody's going to do that. Why, why would you go to the bar and sip, take a sip of a shot and then sit there and wait 59 more minutes before you can take another one? Nobody's going to do that. I think it's understanding that there's really, there's really no health benefits to excessively drinking. Just understand that. And, you know, just, just that basic understanding of what I'm going to go out to drink. This is not good for me, right? Just right. go in there with that basic understanding uh, as far as and and that will help you that helps people kind of say okay maybe i'm not going to drink every day then right people and every daily drinking is is absolutely absolutely terrible for you long-term brain we get in all that but for people just going oh i don't want to cut drinking i tell them don't then but maybe maybe don't one don't make excuses and say that alcohol is good for you and don't make excuses to say that i'm a better person when drinking that's fine false you know all these get rid of the excuses just accept swallow the pill and that pill is, is alcohol is not good for me um and really the differences in alcohol there really isn't any alcohol itself whether that's beer liquor vodka gin um wine doesn't matter it's all ethanol plus whatever it's attached to at the end of the day alcohol goes into your system that's ethanol some is more concentrated some is the so a, a beer is obviously not going to be as concentrated as a shot of whiskey you drink eight ounces of whiskey you're you're going on your butt you know versus eight ounces of beer so one just kind of paying attention to how much you drink that's probably the the most right. important as far as alcohol so uh, um and and let's say you have um uh, uh, two ounces or an ounce of alcohol, which I think it's about an ounce of alcohol is worth eight ounces of beer. The detriments to your body that the actual ethanol, the alcohol is doing is the exact same. If it's, if you get if one ounce of alcohol, if that's concentrated enough to be equal to one beer, the effects of the actual alcohol itself, they're the exact same, no matter what you drink. And they actually run a lot of studies saying, you know, um, is whiskey better? Is gin better? Is this, it, it, ethanol is ethanol, right? Mm -hmm. And it goes into your body and it does the exact same thing. And, I, and in those same studies, I love it when I hear 
well, whiskey makes me mad and tequila gets me wild. They, there is absolutely no scientific evidence. Ethanol is ethanol, period, at the end of the day. Um, the difference is when people drink tequila, they typically tend to be in a different mindset usually than when they're, and so there's more associates. If you, you think, and if you know that you get crazy on tequila, your brain's going to make that happen, right? It's just, yeah. just what's going to happen. Um, and then, but so when people drinking, let's say that, you know, they want to lose a little bit of weight, they don't feel healthy. Also pay attention to the amount of, cal- if uh, a vodka cranberry is different than a, a vodka, right? You have the concentrate, crappy, super high co- corn syrup, fructose corn syrup blend cocktail that you're also putting in with the alcohol. So there really, there's no such thing as like a healthy versus a non-healthy drink. If you're getting mixed drinks, you're probably getting a lot of empty sugar, crappy carbs, flat, empty carbs. So me, myself, when I go drink, I like to do um, liquor on the rocks. I'm not really carb conscious per se, um, but I know a lot, you know, you can get a little bit of hangover just eating a lot of candy and you get that, you know, that head that nasty head, you know, if you eat a lot of candy and then your stomach hurts, yeah. you're essentially doing that when you're drinking those mixed drinks too. It's just that super concentrated sugary crap. But as far as alcohol themselves, incorporate into your life. Just, just know there's really nothing good, right? Uh, right. Um, health-wise for alcohol. And like the, people like to use the red wine. Well, red wine, I heard. No, red wine, it has certain antioxidants, right? That fight free radicals but you can get the same out of, out of eating greens, right? It's not, right. you don't need those certain antioxidants out yeah. of, you know, so yeah, there's just, but don't, don't, if you have a problem, cut it out. But if, and if you don't just realize that binge drinking, I mean, if you knew what it does to your brain over long periods of time, it would probably scare a lot of people to not then want to drink every single day. So I, right. I think that I, you know, that's, I just tell people do that, do that research. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely something I know. I always think, you know, as I, you know, as, as much as I talk about all of this, I try and think about, you know, what would have maybe stopped me from drinking so much. And I honestly think that if, if I had a lot of people in and around my life that were modeling really, really, really like healthy behaviors outside of, you know, obviously mom was always, you know, was always healthy. She drank, you know, and she, but that was literally the only person in our lives that gave us any sort of like positive kind of like you know lifestyle if we had people around us that from a young age or that you know talk to us about the benefits of meditation and the benefits Mm -hmm. of you know of journaling and of yoga and like eating super super healthy and like all of these different things kind of all these different lifestyle changes that now at almost 30 I'm trying to be like, okay, you know, now I understand that meditation and, you know, living, 
you know, I eat, you know, primarily plant-based and all of these different things, yoga and these type of like mindful practices. I think if someone would have Mm -hmm. really instilled that in us when we were younger of like, this is how you're going to drink, but like, this is how to be mindful about everything that you do. Like, this is how to go at this in a mindful, balanced way. We didn't ever get that. So that's how I kind of, I'm like, for some people, you have to cut it out completely. For others, you don't. Mm -hmm. I know people that can go out and have one drink. I have have never and will never be able to be that individual. But I do know people that are like that. So I know it's... You know, whether you're cutting it down or, you know, getting rid of it altogether, it isn't, you know, just alcohol isn't a cure-all. I think it's really just about changing your whole mindset on what you're putting into your body and what you are doing with your body. So just cutting alcohol out is not, if you're eating like shit... and you're not exercising and like I don't drink if I ate yep you know McDonald's fast food you know soda every day sat on the couch never moved I would be still extremely unhealthy it would be like I might as well just be drinking you know at that point so I think absolutely Right. We've, I mean, and luckily we, we grew up, mom always had us eating really healthy, um, you know, and kind of taught us the benefits of that. And for me, because I'm obsessive about my weight, (laughs) I refuse to eat. Just kidding. I don't refuse to eat. I just eat very light. Um, but what do you think some, some beginning steps, what do you, what would you tell a client that came into the gym and said, I, we kind of, we went over the drinking thing. You know, they said, I drink, I'll cut back, but I don't want to get rid of it. You would tell them, okay, just remember, put it in, have this mindset around alcohol that it is extremely bad for you. There is nothing good about this thing that you're putting into your body. So just keep that mindset as you go into, you know, as you walk into that restaurant on Friday night that you're putting a poison into your body be mindful about it which Mm -hmm. means only have one or two what would you also tell someone kind of mindset wise on how to begin eating healthier exercising things like that like beginning steps right so almost every so that's you're talking kind of about my intro to when I when I first sit down with a client. Yeah. I always ask them, how much do you drink? What do you eat? How much are you exercising? And every fucking time they lie. Every I don't know why it's just a thing. And I <laughs> it's because people lie to themselves a lot, right? Yeah, I don't know how many times I started. You know, I got let's say this, this middle-aged woman who's needs to lose some weight. That was my primary clientele based on the demographic and where I live and where, you know, blah blah blah. But um, how do you eat? Well, we eat generally pretty good, right? And that's, I'm like, okay. And then I'll start asking leading questions. And then by the end of the conversation, it turns out, yeah, it's like, 
McDonald's twice a day and it's, it's, you know, going out to eat and a lot of chips and Pringles. And I'm like, so we're not eating generally good. Right. So the right. first thing I tell them is I'm like, it's people like to, people like to look at getting healthy. They like to, they like to look at instead of, um, you know, what, what are a couple of bad things that I can cut out? They like to say, I want to be healthier. And that right there is such a monumental giant thing. That's a huge goal. It's almost, it's almost, you know, you don't want to go into that mindset when it comes to drinking and first time I'll, I'll always start them out with a goal. Uh, you know, and I always used to use my big three, um, mind health and or uh, physical health and the nutritional health. So we're going to pick three things this week that we're going to work on mind, right? Something that makes you smart or something that makes you more fulfilled, whether that's yoga or not yoga, but whether that's meditation, let's just reading, you know, 20 pages, start small, 20 pages in a book, instead of, you know, three hours a night, um, uh, watching TV, we're gonna go two hours a night, and then you're gonna read for the last hour type of thing, just something small or half an hour, whatever you can manage. So that's the mental aspect, bam, start right there. Um, physical, okay, we're gonna go on a walk, wherever, depending on where they're at we're gonna just we're gonna bump it up some people they some people wake up up sit down um in their car drive to work get to work sit down at work um go back eat a sit down eat a bad lunch um go back to work sit down leave the gym and i go yeah no wonder you're not wanting to then be physical after work like you're just you created that trend those people i go let's just go on a walk every you know three times four times this week or hopefully every day then walk turns into jog, jog turns into and running, yada, yada, so forth. But that's way down the road, right? Um, so challenge yourself physically. And then nutritionally, I'll usually, so I used to kind of go into people's houses. It's never, I never, I was, I was, I was always more, in, instead of cutting things out, I think it's an easier pill to, for people to swallow that you just, just, just add good things in. All right. So, um, you know what, you know, I walk in their house and I, you know, I'm looking through the cupboard. I see Pringles. I say, okay, um, Pringles, let's just, let's just, you know, keep those in the cupboard at night. And then maybe if you want to bring them to work for this week. And like I said, this is the first week that we're working together. We'll start it, but, but I all want you to add carrots and all that stuff. And then when you think about the Pringles, go in there, drink some water, eat some carrots. Think, see if you still want Pringles. Very small start small don't think oh i have to stop drinking and i have to just be the healthiest person I have to <laughs> just start small right the smaller you start the easier the goals are to crush and then what so what happens everyone life is a game of you know of in and out right you're never going to be the healthiest person i'm a fitness guy and i you know i'll drink i'll eat bad foods my i got ice cream my it's not about completely eliminating every bad thing out it's about a good healthy balance right so if you are right if you're really active someone who's really active during the week, going on hikes um doing you know meditating or finding some other ritual that helps them get in their own mind space then they go out friday night they are going to want to naturally drink less right naturally because they've figured out how to find happiness and elevate their dopamine and find contentment and fulfillment in other areas of their life but people who right. if you're just stagnant on the couch it's not really doing anything for yourself and then also drinking it's there's there's way more hurt you know, there's there's a lot more harmful um that's a lot more harmful to someone like that than so, you want to go out and drink drink a little bit on the weekend okay just make sure that that bad 
is being surpassed by good habits you know the right rest of the week. yeah and as the more if you if you sit and most of your your habits are good and you're and you're taking care of yourself and you're finding contentment naturally that's now where your body wants to stay and these these detrimental things that you're doing you're, you're the, the want and the desire for them is going to be is going to go away yeah so totally. just live I think just live a healthy lifestyle right that's so i when i'm really active it's so much easier for me to stay that way it's so much harder when I kind of get out of the routine of doing things like that. It's harder to get back into it. So yeah. And when right. you like, when I'm running a lot, I'm doing a lot of yoga, I eat healthier 100%. And it's not even mm -hmm. like, it's really not conscious. It's almost just like I subconsciously right. just go for healthier things. If I go through a week where I'm like, I'm busy at work. I'm stressed. I maybe only worked out like once. I'm going to probably eat. I'm more likely to eat shitty, like get some vegan Thai takeout and like binge Netflix for right. six hours. Then I would be on those weeks that I'm like getting up right. in the morning and doing my yoga and meditating and running. And so, yeah, it totally changes your, it changes your mindset. Right. And, and we live, we live in a, we live in a day, an era now where it's easy to follow ease, right? Like, like pleasures kind of outweigh discipline is slowly going out the window, not necessarily because people are getting, um, you know, it's people it's we've, we, you know, for 1,900 years, let's just say that everyone just decided to show up on day zero just to get, stay away from like religious talk or anything. Let's just say at zero years, everyone, right. From, from then until, you know, the year 1900, 1,900 years later, people were forced to be active. We, you didn't, there, we weren't cars running around. There weren't, uh, there wasn't TV. There wasn't trans fats and all these Doritos that literally chemically synthesized and designed to um, increase feel-good hormones in your brain. Right. There wasn't any of that. So it was easier to live a healthy lifestyle uh, because you didn't have access to chemically altered foods and the ability to just sit and binge watch shit on the couch for 18 hours straight you didn't so you know yes technology is a good thing but it is making us lazier and, and the, the good the thing to remember about that is we are not designed to sit around we are not designed we are designed to be mobile we're designed to run and walk and leap and climb and and all of these things so the, you know that's that's where your body that's homeostasis that's where it naturally wants to be it's, and we're also not designed to um you know back in the day you could binge drink all you want to sounds good you know and they did for thousands of years but they also had to walk it off in the morning right and you they had to no, I you have, know, go to do their jobs yeah. the family wouldn't it's so crazy because i i mean everything is at our fingertips nowadays i have friends that haven't been right. to a grocery store in like two years because they get everything delivered to them yeah. and for me i'm like yes of course that's easy right. but i'm also like like the what i love about let's just for example take going to the grocery store what i love about that is you get up you get dressed you yep. like whenever i leave the house i i like i'm 
I like to look nice. So you get up, you get dressed in something that you feel good in. I usually leave my phone either at home or in the car when I'm in the store. So I'm, Mm. I'm not on it. I'm kind of just like out in on, you know, in town, I'm, you know, and then I'm like around, right. I'm at a store. I'm like picking out fresh veggies. I'm like doing all this stuff. I'm then physically putting the groceries into my car and physically carrying them up to my apartment and then putting them away and then prepping everything. And so it's like this process that I think that's a good example of one thing that unfortunately having these things at our fingertips has taken that, that set, that, that work out of something so mundane get up and go to the fucking grocery store is what I want to tell some people like, like (laughs) put your phone at like, leave your phone at home, go like put on something that you feel nice in, go get yourself a tea or go get yourself a cup of coffee and like spend time in a grocery store, like picking out amazing fresh veggies and you know, thinking of what you're going to make for dinner and then like say hi to someone in the fucking store. And then you can go home and sit on the couch and sit on your phone for the next eight hours. But like, at least do something like that, like that kind of like shopping, interacting with people, uh, like having that sense of community, that sense of of self, of being mindful because you've left your phone. Like those are, those are manageable things. My, my goal in life in general is to help people live the most remarkable life that they can in really manageable pieces, very manageable pieces. I really just try to be healthy every single day. I try to work out or run like five times a week. That's like my, my goal Mm -hmm. is five times a week. And I eat a plant-based diet. I do want to say you will be proud. I have been eating fish lately. I'm just like, I'm craving it, like craving it. So I'm letting myself eat it in really small portions. And it's either raw fish or it's baked fish. I will never eat fried fish. I'm like, I can't even, I don't even think my stomach would would handle it so it's either raw or it's baked um because people me that's perfect are, are hard on themselves and you know to yep. for not sticking to like this perfect diet so um you know i just started to you know remember like just doing one thing a day at least so, like at the end of the day think of like, cause at the end of the day, or when you first wake up, you can immediately go into that negative, like, shit, I fucking missed my workout. Or, um, you know, at the end of the day, like, fuck, I didn't get all this stuff done that I was going to do. And instead of that shifting it to, you know, saying to myself or like writing down one really healthy, positive thing that I did that day, and that will completely yep. change, you know, your mindset of it. Did I get a good solid night's sleep? Did I go for a run? Did I drink lots of water? Did I eat a, did I eat a piece of fruit or some vegetables? Right. And that will, 
you know, balance me throughout the week without that pressure to eat a thousand calories or run 12 miles because right. I'm not a fucking robot. <laughs> well, and you've broken it down to realistic goals. And that's, that's so hard to portray to people, especially in a day and age with all these crazy fad diets and these, and these not inst- every time you see on Instagram, if you follow one fitness thing, it's like, do this, this is the secret to this the secret to do this, this is the, and it becomes a mind like what, where do I start? Just like you said, pick up a piece of fucking broccoli, put it in your face, yes. go outside for five minutes, start there. And your body, because it naturally wants to be, do that, will start to crave. So then you'll go outside for five minutes and you'll just go and walk. Well, then the next day you'll go, I, I felt good. I want to go on a little bit of a longer walk because now you've gone from something, you're, you're being, being severely out of shape and overweight and that's what I don't agree with, with this, like, it's okay to be fat, crazy. Cause it's not your body. That's it's, it's not society absolutely puts unrealistic fitness expectations. Like guys should not look like the rock and girls shouldn't look like insert any female model that is unrealistic. Right. Self, right. But being 70 pounds overweight is also you're unhealthy. So the more you do to counteract that, the more you'll crave doing things like that. And it's yeah. like you said, it's just surrounding yourself. It's a couple of things. Surround yourself with positive people that yeah. you want to be successful, surround yourself with successful people. You want to be in shape, surround yourself with even just being in the gym, go to the gym and then just, just, just walk around the gym for a little bit. Surround, surround yourself with happy, or I'm sorry, with healthy, um, uh, surround yourself with in a health culture or immerse yourself into a health culture and you will in, in return through osmosis just be that much better and, and um i mean it's i can't remember the other part of that but it's 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 huge but start small and if at yeah. the end of like you said if you, at the end of the day if if you've done more healthy things than than non-healthy things then you're fine right there you're good you're you're fine right just just pack your day with healthy choices i mean it's, yeah, yeah it's, it is, I'm right? Exactly. It's that. It's, all the way it's back to that. Said, pick up a piece of broccoli and go outside for five minutes. And then write that down or remind yourself at the end of the day. Like, you know, yeah, okay, you might have had a not so great dinner, but remind yourself that you ate some fresh vegetables and you went outside and you're, you will get in the mindset of, you know, of, of continuing that. Cause we're right. We're not robots and we all need a little help. The, well, and yeah, and it's, it, what, what it comes down to is the the more easy, like technology and stuff, things that make your life easy. Um, this it's harder than to be disciplined when discipline is the most, really the most, I mean, it's, 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 I'm a very lazy disciplined person, but oh, extreme most almost, Maybe every few times that I go to the gym or I do a workout, it's because I really truly want to do the workout, right? I know, but it's, I don't want to do it. I don't want to get up and run. I really, I really don't, but I know the feeling I'm going to get afterwards. And then the net, the net benefit is, is, is going to outweigh, you know, the cons. So, you right. know, it, putting your, just, it's going to be tough. It's anyone starting out. It's going to be tough. You're sitting there, you listen to this. You're like, oh, maybe I just, just have enough an ounce of discipline and just just make yourself the first few 
sometimes, and then it makes it easier um, later on down the road. But the, the old right. Spartans had a saying, they asked, you know, what's, what's the best possible message you can give to your people? And they, they said, contempt of, contempt of pleasure. Like just the, if you are a person who, you know, decides to take the easy way out or not do it, well, that's then the person you're going to be until you just have an ounce of discipline to make sure just get, get up. I used to tell, right. um, I listened to the thing a long time ago and this guy was motivating clients and he goes, um, you know, what I had, what he had one of his um, clients do was I want you to get up. I want you to put your running shoes on. So I don't want you to go out. I want you, I want you to get up, wake up early, put your running shoes on and then just see how you feel. If you want to get back in bed, take them off, get back in bed start like those baby steps, just having that, that enough discipline to do that. And the next day, maybe get up and walk to your car, right? There's been times where I've gone all the way to the gym and I'm like, nope. And then literally turned around the parking lot, went back home. Sometimes you're not feeling it, but right. um, if you are the type of person that takes the easy way out of most situations, that's just, that, then, then like that, it's just, that's who you're going to be. You know, it just, and the way, the way to do that, what I would tell clients is figure out, your why and nobody can motivate themselves by saying i need to get into better shape that, that's not a motivating thing no one no one is that's not going to get you off the couch that's not going to so people would come in a lady would come in she'd be like i need to get in better shape i'm like why uh, yeah. because we're gonna and we're gonna write this down and this is what you're gonna look at every day right because i need to be in better shape and i'd go i'd go why because that's i need to get in better shape is not a motivator well, well, I just don't like the way I feel. Now we're getting closer. Why? Why does it matter? If everyone else, you know, died on the planet, why does it matter? Well, I just don't feel um, attractive. Now we're getting closer to a why. Oh, why is that? Well, you know, I'm not married. And I'm looking for a spouse and I don't. Bam, right? Dig deep and actually find a good solid reason that you can write down and put on the fucking mirror and look at every day. If you you don't give a shit about your health. Sounds good. Like that's, that's fine. And I had a, a, a client, I told her, you clearly don't, you don't care. It's fine that you don't care about living a long time or, you know, the health benefits and the mind benefits of eating. Right. So let's talk about your kids. So the yeah. kids are eating probably what you do, which is McDonald's multiple times a week. And this, so you're slowly poisoning your children, right? It's hard to think about that. You don't want to think about it that way because that's difficult. And people don't like to think about things that, that make them feel icky right but let, sit with that right maybe use that as a motivator to skip mcdonald's and actually actually prepare a meal and cook something find right. your why something that's actually gonna get you i want to look better is not a why i want to feel good about myself and i'm not living up to my fullest potential boom now we have a why and then it was my job to, to paint the road pave the yeah. road for them to get there and it's not an easy fix right you're not going to fix it took you four years to get out of shape it's not going to take you three days to, to get back in shape right right but the more good decisions you make the more health conscious you become then through osmosis um i know i'm kind of ramping and rambling here but i had a, I had a client um where she 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 came up and she said i just want to think i put it working it was because this you know what we've been doing and i went no we've been just doing a couple push-ups and setups right like what well she's like no 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 so we kind of talked about it. She, you know, didn't work out. She was down the dump. She was really hard on herself. She'd look in the mirror, right? And she, she wasn't drinking or thing. 
but she, her thing was comfort food. So she was probably about 40 pounds overweight and just, just genuinely didn't feel good. Right. She had a job that she just sat down at. So, so she, she was out of breath and she was out of shape and just didn't feel well. She, we started, we got her back in there and the more weight she lost, the more she goes, you know, I, I just felt like I could do this. And she walked in to her, to her job and said, I think I, I'm, I think it's time for me to get a raise. I've been doing this. It's that, it's just that confidence. Yeah. Push-ups didn't do that. Her setting a goal, having a little bit of discipline to start something and then seeing good results from it, then caused her to look at other aspects of her life and say, well, no, now I have confidence. I think I'm going to go up and ask her. And so she got a job. She got herself a little boyfriend. Right. All it these good things to... happened. And I told her well, that was not the push-ups. That wasn't looking. Yeah. Good. It starts to to definitely meld into all other areas of your life. When you start to improve one area, it doesn't usually stop there. It usually starts to infect its way into all other parts of your life, which is really, which is really great. And that's why I'm like, you know, through this, I, you know, if cutting alcohol out completely is not for you if eating a plant-based diet is not for you running all the time is not for you like that's fine you know pick one thing cut back on something and stick with that and you'll be amazed you know at just how that starts to shift your mindset on other things and how stuff just kind of starts to fall into you know fall fall into places or pieces or fall into play. What what are people to say? Fall into play. It's great. I think that, you know, this is, it just helps you. I, you know, I want to just reiterate, just making manageable pieces for yourself, bite-sized pieces, you know, for you to really live, you know, just a healthier life. You don't have to be a marathon runner or, you know, right. A lot of us don't have personal chefs and we're busy. And so, you know, having, you know, eating, you know, really, really, really well every day, sometimes just isn't in the cards, you know? Um, so I think, I think that is, I think that's about it for me. What do you, if I'm, I'm sure we cut, we covered a lot. If I'm sure people are going to have questions. I know I reach out to you all the time and I wouldn't, okay. Don't take my advice. Cause usually my messages to Denton are, um, how do I lose 30 pounds in a week? Or like, it's something like, I want to, you know, and it's just unrealistic. And he's like, you know, you're ridiculous. You don't need to lose any weight. You blah, 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 blah. So, (laughs) but, um, you know, just like manageable things, how could, where would people be able to reach out to you if they have any questions and what are, you know, what would be some good resources that you could recommend to people? Because there's a shit ton of material out there. I mean, a shit ton. So it's definitely overwhelming of like, yeah. what should I be eating? And when paleo, keto, vegan, vegetarian, meat, you know, like what is one, how can people right. reach out to you if they have direct questions? And two, 
What are some good resources for people? So, um, if you so reach out honestly, so they can go two ways. Uh, I am actively in the military right now, so there's many, many, many times where I am unreachable. Um, but if you did, probably you, the people listening to this podcast through you, right? They, 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 yeah. can, you know, they can ask you those questions and you can ask me or yada. They can, or they can uh, look me up on Facebook, Denton Roan. Um, they can, I don't really have an at Twitter handle or anything like that yet. When I get You're on Instagram. Back from this next uh, deployment, I'll, I'll get back in. I am on Instagram at Denton Roan, just Denton Roan. Yeah, on I'll put all of I'll put those your and I'll put your so Facebook you can get and your Instagram in the note in the show notes. Yeah, and if I don't reach back, I apologize. I'm probably in the field, um, but then as far as self, you know, looking things up by yourself, it is it, there's there's a million things out there. Um, it choosy me personally, and you probably don't want to do that, but I, I go on national. Um, health uh, website and read abstracts right like i i want to i want to figure out you know what is the latest research being done but also re remember that generally if you're googling something you know what is fats what fats are bad um what should i what's a healthy way 95 percent of the stuff you're going to find is accurate right there's yeah if you're, if you're on some crazy like fad diet thing trying to sell you something that's different but I mean, it's nutrition is, is a very, and, and exercise is a very complex um, uh, system, but just be healthy is not. I tell them back in the gym, what's the perfect exercise or workout? I go, there is none. Literally just start doing anything. Jump up and down in the corner for about 20 minutes and then go home. You'll be better off than not going to the gym at all. You want to, you know, once you become, when I'm dealing, when I was training athletes back in the day, or you start getting into, um, you know, weird types of bodies that 99% of people don't fall into. Yes. You know, but there, there is certain things to maybe do or don't do, but the best thing is one you want, let's say you want to lose weight, try a workout, do a workout, just, just Google weight loss workouts and find one, pick one. And you'll see, I don't like doing this exercise. I like to do then try a couple of different ones. You want to diet out there. There's no, there's no diet that doesn't have positive you know, like vegan, there's, there's a, a lot of positives vegan. And I challenge people, everyone to at least try vegan for a month or two, once a year, because you're going to get that health benefit. Right. Try, a total keto, try and you know, one, you're going to total cleanse. Yeah. You're going to figure out one, if your body, if you like it or not Two, your, your training, your, your system, your, 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 any time you, the one positive on every diet that's out there, and exercise program is the more rigid and consistent and disciplined, it, it forces you to be rigid, consistent, disciplined. And like we were talking about, has those positive effects and other aspects of your life. And three, the more stuff you Google, the more stuff you look up, the more stuff you try, then the more, you know, when I got my personal trainer certification, that's, it, there was a lot of information, but 90% of the stuff of it I know now is through actually training people and trying out different things and Google. I mean, the, thousands and thousands of hours I've spent looking things up and researching things. And, you know, now, now I know the, 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 you know, the chemical breakdown of the way things work, but just the basis of getting more in shape, getting healthier, that's anyone could spend six hours, you know, in white or, or two hours 
over the course of three days and just Google, you know, what, you know, what are healthy foods? What should I be eating? And they will be in a better position than if they weren't looked it up. Right. So, yeah. So I think what you're saying is a lot, what you're saying is a lot of just, you know, looking up healthy foods, which basically, you know, if, if it comes in a box, it's probably not very healthy for you. So, I mean, basic, you know, general pick up something that can, that came from the fucking ground or a tree, a vegetable or a fruit, nothing frozen, nothing, you know, fresh. It's not in a package. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So frozen veggies are bad, but, 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 but fresh veggies are exponentially better, right? So I use, the, I use the acronym RAW when it comes to diet. Recently alive and well-treated. So you want something that was recently alive. That means fresh veggies were recently alive before they got plucked out of the ground. I mean, you know, even if you eat meat, fish, you know, like you said, the things you get in boxes, right? Not as good, still a step in the right direction if you're getting frozen meat and all that stuff but not as good as the stuff that's fresh, right? And then well-treated, meaning the closer you can get to organic, the well closer you can get to, you know, if you're picking out eggs, go with the, the, you know, the um, pasture-raised eggs versus the grass, you know, versus just the regular generic giant box. Also live within your, your means, I get it, or eating organic and only shopping co-op and things like that. It can get kind of expensive. So just be realistic, but it, yeah, like you said, if you're eating stuff out of a box, full preservatives. If there's more than five things on the ingredient label, maybe stay, look for th- things with, with five or less or three or less, or hopefully, you know, one. Uh, um, and I mean, I, I don't even eat as, as cleanly as I would want to, just because I, I can't want a lot of the times now I have the time, but a lot of times I don't have the time. Um, and then it gets, you know, pretty expensive if you're feeding a bunch of people with all organic and all this, you know what I mean? It's just what it is. But people inherently know what they're supposed to be doing. Live actively, eat, eat meat herbs or you know, good, good, wholesome protein sources and greens. People know that they want to, it's, 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 a, they want to complicate it because I think people are a little bit scared or don't want to admit they're not doing, they know exactly what they need to be doing. They're just not, it's easier to say, well, I just don't know exactly what, should I eat broccoli? Should I eat, you know, carrots? Eat both. Yeah. Or eat one. Yeah. It's it's that just, just don't eat what you're eating now. How about that? So yeah, I'd say just, you know, just a little bit of research, reach out to you, reach out to me, um, do some Googling. Um, It'll. Yeah. I think that's. It won't straight. It won't send you astray. Yeah. It won't. It definitely won't. If you want to, if you want to know about, you know, a muscle, muscle elasticity, and if you're an athlete, you know, how, how do you get your vertical up, you know, by, you know, what stretches that's, we start getting those specific stuff, reach out to somebody, right. But the regular, right. should I, what workout should I do? Any, yeah. there's a million of them online, just Google one and then do it. If you don't like it, pick another one. There's now 999,000 other ones you can pick. Right. From, yeah. You know. <laughs> I feel that. That's great. That's fantastic advice, Denton. All right. I'm going to wrap up before we bore everyone to death before you do. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for being here with me again. 
Uh, thanks everyone so much for listening. If I you want some additional content or want to reach out to me, follow me on Instagram at remarkably underscore us. You can also check out my website, remarkablyus.com for all my blogs, information and episode links, all on how to live your most remarkable life possible. I just uploaded two blogs about traveling and fitness, as well as um, maintaining your sobriety while traveling. So those go hand in hand with this topic. I also have uh, blogs about my favorite vegan recipes, my favorite yogis, all that sort of stuff. I will link down in the bottom of this some episode links um, or some links on how to reach out to Denton. If you would like to reach out directly to him, as he said, you can always just shoot your questions at me. And if I cannot answer them, I will ask him and I will answer you. Feel free to reach out to me anytime. If you think this episode would help anyone, please share, be kind, and never forget how wildly capable you are. Till next time. Bye. Bye.